On round two, Pavan Brach is here, serial entrepreneur in marketing, tech, and real estate development, and a part-time farmer. And Joe Cristiano, the other two people are AWOL? Okay. Well, it's Pavan and John in the morning. I'm, I'm fine with that, Pavan. I'm always, I find you very thoughtful. I like, I like oh, your analysis. And I often, thank you very much. I often tell our panelists that you don't always have to offer analysis. Sometimes you can tell a story, and that's, that's something you do as well. So, yeah, yeah let's, uh, let's have at it. Although, Joe, I don't seem to have my topic list here. Uh, but <laughs> I will resend the, it. Yeah, the wheels have totally come off. But, it's, Pavan, it's Friday. Let's actually start with with uh, taxes and city hall, and I don't want to talk the topic to death, but I have to say I was, I thought that the executive committee yesterday would look at, I think, like six tax proposals and maybe pick one, uh, but they've picked two and they're kind of recommending all the others as well. So it's going to be a pastel of tax and revenue increases. Oh yeah. Well, because people want to pay more and that's great. It's a great idea. You know, it's it's sad, isn't it, John, that the only idea that they seem to have is to tax more. And, uh, you know, I, I do think that governments at all levels, you know, are are going to are going to witness something that I would call a, a Marie Antoinette moment <laughs> when, when the public just says we can't take it anymore. I mean, where where is the discussion around cost cutting? And I know it's been touched on, but there are such significant opportunities to reduce costs. You know, look at look at AI, look at outsourcing to Canadian companies to manage functionality. We don't have to fire city people, but we can allow them to retire and, uh, and, and create all kinds of new ways of delivering services for much less money. Uh, and, and let's not just go directly to taxes, but uh, I do I do think we're making a mistake. I mean, take a look at that story about the Ukrainian woman who who left uh, Kiev, came to Canada through the programs that we have. She's an IT worker uh, and uh, arrived in Toronto and tried to live for a few months working, trying to pay the cost. And she basically has said. You know what? I'm going back to Kiev where they're dropping, where they're where they're sending missiles in. I'd rather go there than live in Toronto, where you know my AI, my job is gone in in tech, and and the cost of living is so absolutely substantial. Uh, and and I would add to that, you know, healthcare. I mean, healthcare has reached a, a point in time where, uh, you know, it's it's also a huge issue. But let's let's stick to taxes. I mean, the cost of living for people in Toronto is so substantial now that that people are actually going back to war zone countries. Uh, rather than live in Toronto. You can certainly see, and it, I take this from a conversation we had with Amanda Lang just a short while ago, the sort of um, spending creep that sets in. For example, a lot of people would say, why is the city of Toronto in the business of providing daycare? And people would say, because daycare is necessary and somebody else wasn't doing it. And Amanda Lang was talking about the fact that builders are backing off from projects. They're canceling projects and they're halting some projects. And she said, you know, maybe we're going to have to figure out how to incentivize them. And I thought, great. So now we're going to give tax dollars to billionaires to do something they should have done in the first place. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I'm I, I I wear two hats. I do I am involved in real estate development and and I can, you know, but not at the scale that some of these folks are. And I can tell you that that, that a lot of the projects are now underwater. There's no question about it. The costs have gone up so substantially. Uh, new new products coming to market is not being purchased because people are afraid of the interest rates, uh, and uh, you know it takes two. It still takes two to five years to get a, a project approved. So I I do think you know if we 
we if we want to deal with the you know the million plus people that are coming to Canada, we do have to find a way to at least allow a baseline of profit um, you know for these organizations because you know no matter what you say you can't you can't force corporations to do things uh, to to lose money especially uh, so yeah. you know it doesn't work. So Toronto drivers, maybe this is another thing that vexed this woman enough to go to a war zone. Toronto drivers spend 199 hours per year in traffic. I don't actually know what your day-to-day lifestyle is, but I know you live outside of Toronto. I don't presume that you necessarily come to Toronto all that often, but do you end up spending 199 hours in traffic? <laughs> Absolutely not. But uh, but I, I I was in Toronto twice this week for business, uh, and uh, you know so I do I do tend to uh, to get involved, and and I you know I did live in Toronto for thirteen years, so I have a, a decent familiarity. It's a substantial issue. It's it's something you know. I mean, especially when you look at the statistics and you see that Toronto is actually ranking you know thirteenth uh, worst place to drive in the world. Uh, and you know we're 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 up there with you know police cities like Bangkok and and others you know you know so it's it's obvious that we we have a significant issue in Toronto, uh, and uh, you know I think I think you know a lot of it obviously I mean for for folks like ourselves who come in from the 905 area, it's not practical to take the GO train into the city. First of all, it only takes you into that narrow strip downtown where where much of our family might be in Richmond Hill, et cetera. Secondly, I mean, for a family of four to come to come in on a GO train and park, uh, which might be free, and then it takes an hour and a quarter, an hour and 12 minutes to come in from Burlington, uh, which is our nearest station. And 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 I spoke to people, John, just, just, uh, just a couple of days ago in Kitchener-Waterloo, and uh, these folks informed me that for them to go to Toronto, they they have to actually drive down to to take the train. They have to drive down to uh, Burlington and park, and then take the train in because there's no practical go service. Now that's that's planned for the future. I do think we have to take a hard look at, you know, making these services affordable so that they're free. Uh, and people are using transit and be more practical with kind of park and ride so you can you can more easily park and jump on on public transit so that you and, and along the 407 should be the same thing why can't I take a bus along the 407 and park it uh, at a particular stop and just get into Richmond Hill yeah well and certainly traffic is beyond vexing and I think the problem for me is there's no coordination so I, I use the same route to get home every day and right. out of nowhere they had closed down the road that I was on and I at Bloor. So I turned onto Bloor only to discover that Bloor is not only reduced to one lane in each direction, it's actually reduced to one lane. And then they do the, the, the stop signs at each end. I must have spent 20 minutes trying to get along Bloor. Gosh, and you live there and you know the area. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's mind, the, mind You get ambushed by these things. Like, <laughs> I, if, okay, we don't have to go over all the things that bother us about yeah. traffic, but if they could do one thing, I wish they would like put up a sign that says, in two blocks, this street is closed. So you could, 100%. You could make some choices, but they don't yeah. generally do that. No. Uh, Quebec Company bought an island with a cabin and they're going to make it available to their employees. And the owner says it's going to make the employees happy. It's going to make it easier for me to hire new people too. Absolutely. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a significant issue. I don't have to tell you that, you know, you lose a talented staffer uh, and the cost to the business are significant, the cost to recruit, to train. Um, so, you know, it's a smart move and it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's probably, it's not like they're handing out free beer or free Scott, you know, free, free other things oh, that I might be bad for you. 
<laughs> it's you're so easy to get along with. No, it's it's something that has some kind of a meditative or wellness kind of focus, which is smart. And and you know, frankly, uh, uh, these kinds of uh, these kinds of rewards can be absolutely significant. And uh, you know, you see that in in healthcare, where a lot of corporations are now moving aggressively into you know providing for healthcare for their staff and for wealth wellness and mindfulness programs. So this, I think, this ties in nicely. I hope that uh, you know Revenue Canada wasn't paying too much attention because it might be a taxable benefit of course but uh, we'll see how that works out i wonder yeah well uh, but you're right retention is a biggie these days i know a guy who used to run six tim hortons and he had a completely different business model that was based on hiring people some of whom stayed for like 10 and 15 years and in some workplaces you're recruiting and training as a matter of routine and he didn't have to do that he didn't have to pay for it either yeah, that's uh, that's out of box thinking. So he's, he's he obviously has figured out how to do that and and, and creating incentives, uh, non financial incentives. I mean, it's just the way you talked earlier about the the tickets from, from Mr. Slate being handed to you. I mean, these things are special and people remember them. So it's it's getting, I think I think the big opportunity really is in that whole wellness and uh, wellness piece. So I think this gentleman in in Quebec's on on a, on the right track. And obviously he's, he's he's a clever fellow. He's found a way to pay for it through yeah. his corporation. And actually, I should give credit where credit is. Due. The man I was talking about is Mark Wafer, and uh, he hired people with disabilities, and that was how uh, he and and the clients loved it, and the yeah. the employees were grateful for the work and stayed forever. It's so, a beautiful thing, and, and 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 you know what? Frankly, we did that uh, at one point in the hospitality industry, where we, where you talked earlier about people with criminal records. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you you had people who had committed nonviolent offenses or whatever, but who, who were on the path to rehabilitation. And uh, some of those folks were some of our best people. So it, it, it is a smart move. We had a guy call in to add some context to a story we talked about on the roundtable. And that is these enclosed areas in the wilderness. And maybe there's only one. Um, but they contain wild animals. Now, I'm not sure if they were placed there or they just find themselves there. But you will take a dog into these enclosures and the dog will hunt the animals and once it has an instinct for that then you use the dog on the farm to hunt vermin and other animals on the farm it sounds hopelessly cruel pavan but at the same time you know once he explained it in that framework i thought okay well if they're going to be killing animals on the farm then they might as they got to learn how to do that somewhere yeah, I you know, as you know, as you may recall, I I you know I have been a hunter and and uh, being on the con- in the country we you know we have livestock from time to time that are threatened and coyotes are an issue, uh, and there's no question that we're we're all being overrun by them in the country and in the city. But um, you know I don't know I don't uh, I learned as a, as a young fellow that uh, shooting shooting geese or ducks or ducks rather uh, you know when they were you know resting on the lake was not was just not cricket as it were it was not sporting and i don't know this doesn't sound particularly sporting to me it doesn't sound particularly humane i'd prefer uh you know um something that was a bit more humane where appropriate and uh so i i I couldn't get into it let's just say it's it sounded inappropriate have you seen the mugshot of donald trump (laughs) <laughs> the Grinch. He looks like the Grinch to me. He does. I, I think all day we're going to be seeing side by sides of him with various, you know, cultural figures and other things. That's right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's and it's it's such a rich, typical situation in America. I mean, here he is being charged with uh, raising money uh, that he then uses for his own purposes. And uh, and what does he do? He takes the mugshot and his people take the mugshot, put it out there and raise more money, you know, uh, to to fund um, you know, his lawsuits, et cetera, et cetera. While, while of course, ignoring uh, the bill from Mr. Giuliani. So 
It's uh, it's it's American politics at its uh, best and worst. And you're right about the business of fundraising. I'm always fascinated, like. You know, some major major celebrity who's already rich gets into trouble and people run out and buy their product or buy, you know, something that will give them revenues. And it's like they've got the money. In Donald Trump's <laughs> case, great. he's been fundraising. And I guess back in the day, if you donated to Donald Trump, you thought this will help elect him, not pay for five teams of lawyers to try to get him out of trouble he got himself into. That's right. And he's a brilliant guy. I mean, he put it right there on his fundraising. He raised a quarter of a billion dollars, John. Yeah. And that's just where he was. And obviously, he's on his way to raising more money with this great new mugshot. But uh, he, he said it right up front, though. And in fairness to him, he said, I'll use it for whatever I want to use it for. And yeah, so he's uh, he is the master celebrity. There's no question about it. Thank you, sir. Did some heavy Thank lifting, you. but enjoyed the conversation. Lots of fun. Pavan Branch. Uh taking up a little bit more space on the roundtable this morning because uh, two of our panelists went missing. I hope they're all right. Okay. Uh, listen, that's our time, and this is our weekend. I'm away on Monday. John Tory is hosting more in the morning from 5 to 9. Have an amazing one, and we'll talk on Tuesday. Tuesday.